Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. You got Diane and Elaine here today riffing on topics that we know are relevant and important for members of our community. And Diane had a brilliant idea to have a conversation with each other about communication tools. We teach a ton of communication tools. We do. And and we're recording this like just as we're getting ready to enter in the month of November, which is the beginning of the holiday season. And we're going to be so much togetherness from so many people. And it's not an easy time for everybody. And so just a few reminders of some tools that you can use to navigate either difficult conversations with your family or with your friends or or important conversations conversations or or just great tools to use with your kiddos and your co-parents and whoever else you're talking to. And so we're going to talk about, so I want to be clear, this is not holiday specific. Mm -hmm. This is just holidays are a good time to really beef up those communication tools. So we have, we teach a four week class on communication skills. So this is going to, this is going to be a little tip of the iceberg, but we, we, we decided we'll pull like some of our key tools that we love to teach a lot because we find our community says they are so useful. Yeah. The first one I love, and it's especially helpful with kids, is asking permission. And how many times, parents tell me this all the time, it's like they've been thinking all day about this thing and the kid walks in the door and like we pounce, right? It's a sort of (laughs) like, oh, I've been thinking about this thing. I got to ask them about this thing and I don't want to forget and I've got to get into it. And so we jump into a conversation with our kids without any sort of introduction or anything. And so asking permission is a great way to ease in and get, you know, buy-in. Buy-in, yeah. Buy-in to have communication. Yeah. Well, and so so as I think about it, what you're saying is, yes, absolutely to one of the things about permission is that we often start talking to our kids about something that we've been thinking about that they haven't been thinking about. So that's, that's one reason to ask permission. Another is to just get their engagement and buy-in and being willing to be in a conversation. I think another is about, we talk a lot about transferring agency and ownership for our kids Um, and children, teens, young adults, toddlers, whatever age they are. Asking permission is a way of recognizing or acknowledging their independence as a human being, whatever age they are and letting them see that we see them as independent decision makers, because what we're trying to cultivate, we want to grow humans, adults, right? And they have to learn that process of problem solving and decision making in life. And asking permission 
to give them advice, to make suggestions, to, to share something, teach something, whatever it is, is a way of letting them say, yes, I'd like to learn that, hear that, be involved with that and have a, a sense of agency for themselves. Well, right? and I know I've heard you say before, and I know it's true, you, you you end up using a different part of your brain if you've said, yes, I'm open to information at this moment, yes. as opposed to someone just starts talking. What is this different between knowledge and information? What, how would you describe yeah, that? So, so when we, when we give, when people process information, it's external and they see it as other or outside. This goes back to the psychology theories of Erickson and this notion that information is outside of us and we get to vote. We get to choose. Do I like it? Do I not? Do I want to use it or not? When we ask a question and even asking permission and somebody says yes or answers it or responds, that is no longer information. It becomes insight. When I say, I have an idea, would you like to hear it? And my kid says, yes, they're now asking for something that gives them insight differently than if I were to just say, I really think you should, blah, 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 blah right? Because they're just yeah. going to hear that as other. Whereas when I ask that, ask permission, they're going to experience it more with some ownership. Well, and let's back up for a minute and give people a couple examples of what it sounds like to ask permission. Because I think there's a lot of people going, I don't want to be a doormat. My kid would always say, no, you can't tell me anything. It's none of your business or whatever it is. So not, not if you is- get that relationship going, you know, like this ties into the value of relationship, doesn't it? Yeah. So one example is, hey, I've got some ideas. Do you would mind you like to share? hear? Yeah. Yeah. Or do, do you mind even the difference between would you like to and do you mind if, right? This is sort of there's a subtle distinction there. It's really important that we talk about this. What time will work for you as opposed to let's talk now? Kind of it's that sort of you're engaging them in a process of deciding when the conversation will happen instead of just pouncing into the conversation. Right. So sometimes it's about planning the conversation. We talk a lot about in, in our coaching groups about the, you know, deciding what conversation we want to have and how do we set ourselves up for success with it. So sometimes it's like you say, it's about planning and sometimes it's about the actual content of the, of the conversation. Well, you know, such- we don't like it when, when our friends dive into giving us advice and our kids don't like it when we dive into giving them advice. Or if we interrupt them inadvertently, I think a lot of times it's, again, it's just sort of they're, a lot of our kids have executive function challenges and they're dealing with transition issues. And again, all of a sudden we're in the middle of a conversation. I remember I had an agreement with my kids. If I was at my desk working and they came in, they'd have to say mom. And then they had to wait for three seconds and wait till I turned my head so that they knew they had my attention. Yeah. Because if not, I, by the time I realized somebody was talking to me, they'd be halfway through whatever they're saying. So you want to make sure that the person you're talking to is involved in the conversation, right? Yeah. So sometimes the asking permission is, can you take a moment? Can you take a break? Can we find a time to like, can we talk about something? So it's getting the attention. Asking permission is a great way to do that too. Yeah. Another tool that that we love, that's one of these kind of preliminary tools to a conversation. So we're going to give you two tools that are like preliminary to conversations and then two that are conversation techniques. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the other preliminary one we call breadcrumbs. And what do you want to say about breadcrumbs? No, well, I, I, I love when you tell the story about how breadcrumbs came to be. Yeah. So we were in a coaching group for parents of teens. And, you know, I used to talk about it like the sandpiper at the water, Right. 
Um, the what the sandpiper at the edge of the of the ocean runs into the water and runs away and runs into the water and runs away. And sometimes conversations with our kids, you know, can take a little while. We need to run in and run out, drop little pieces and run out. And one of our clients came up with this notion of breadcrumbs, like dropping breadcrumbs. And so we we drop a little piece, you know, hey, can we talk about that later? We drop another piece. I, I was thinking about something. We drop little bits so that we enroll them in being ready for the conversation when the conversation happens instead of dumping it all on them. I was I was teaching at a, at a school district in New Jersey a couple of weeks ago, and one of the it was to a group of social and emotional learning staff. And one of the counselors in the room said, oh, wow, I realize I've been giving them entire loaves of bread. Yeah. <laughs> they just need a little breadcrumb at a time. <laughs> well, and I think part of it is part of it is enrolling them in the process. And part of this is giving them space. Yes. Because some of these kids, it's like they need time to think about it. They need time yes. to, you know, to process a lot of times it. we'll get we'll get an answer from a kid. Parents say this to me all the time. If I ask my kid a question, they'll say, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I don't know is a legit answer. I think we've done a whole podcast on, I don't know, probably. probably. And maybe it's, I need a little bit of time to get caught up with you, or I need a little bit of time to process this. And so the breadcrumbs gives them space and agency in a decision-making process, in a conversation process, kind of either, either or. In a stepping things. up to, I used to, we used to have a code word with one of my kids that was bubblegum and bubblegum meant I have to tell you something you might not want to hear. <laughs> and that that was like a breadcrumb that prepared them to be able to then have the conversation because just launching into the no or you can't or whatever was going to trigger. But if I prepared them, I could I could dance with it. The other example that just came up to me was was we had an accommodation in third grade where the teacher would give the student the writing prompt than the day before mm -hmm. so that they had a chance, even if they weren't actively planning their essay, if they could think about the prompt by the time they got there the next day, they weren't suffering with, with blank page paralysis. They weren't freaking out. They had some familiarity. They'd had a chance to process it so that they could then write about the topic. So what a great tool for kids with anxiety. That's yeah. really, really very powerful. Or language processing. Yeah. So this yeah. particularly was an accommodation for language processing. But well, the other yeah. thing that comes up as you're saying that, Elaine, is that, you know, so many times parents tell us that I can't, I can't ever get my kid into a conversation. The only time I can ever talk to them is when, right? It's a sort mm -hmm. of, and, and a lot of times that's when, you know, you're in the car together or you're working on dinner together, or you're, you're doing something kind of more in parallel than the, I've got to talk to you sort of thing. And, and so breadcrumbs can be a way to take the pressure off of the conversation, to be able to ease into it um, and find a time that, that kind of works for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. we got two more. So those are kind of two conversation, if you will, teasers, right? Ways to get into a conversation that, that can be really constructive. The other two things we want to talk about are ACE and design. And those are what I would call conversation techniques. Yeah. Right. They are ways to actually have effective conversations that diffuse defensiveness, let our kids feel seen and acknowledged. And, and again, all of this is about fostering buy-in and getting people to step into healthy conversation dynamics. 
Hi, it's Elaine. And if you like this podcast, you'll love our coach approach. Whether you're a parent looking for support or a professional supporting families, we invite you to download a free guide with 12 key coaching tools at impactparents.com slash gift. You can begin using a coach approach to help kids become more independent or improve all of your conversations at work and at home. That's impactparents.com slash gift. So why don't I explain ACE and you jump in and you can explain design. So ACE stands for, it's A-C-E. And that dash is important. (laughs) Acknowledge, show compassion, wait, pause, and then explore. And so acknowledging and showing compassion is really letting the other person. And just a reminder, you can use these tools on other people besides your kids. It works really really well on your co-parents, on your coworkers, everybody. But this is a great tool. You were talking about diffusing defensiveness. It's also a great tool to diffuse emotions. So your Mm -hmm. kid comes home and they're really upset about something that happened. They're beating themselves up. I can't believe I was so stupid. I can't believe this happened. Whatever it is, there's a lot of emotion underneath it. Acknowledge and show compassion sounds like, wow, I can tell that was really hard for you. Wow. It sounds like you're really upset about that. Wow. It makes sense that you would be upset about that. I know that for me, I get upset when X, Y, Z, right? It's a sort of, so you're acknowledging and seeing it from their perspective. And feeling compassion for it, like not judging it, not like, I know it's hard for you, but... Well, and right. it's, yeah, that, yeah, that's why we don't, your jump. tone is matters here. Yeah. Right? It's like, I know you, I know you want to be with your friends, but you've got a test tomorrow. No, we're saying, wow, I know it's hard to be, to break away from being with your friends and you really want to spend more time with them. It makes perfect sense. And then you pause because you, you want let to them, them feel seen. Yeah. Right. And acknowledge. And one of the things we've discovered over the years of using this tool is sometimes you may have to stay in that pause, AC, 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 you may want to stay there for a while. Yeah. You know, really, because if they're really struggling with something, they need to to be with it, process it, be seen, all of that before you move into problem solving. Well, and the place that I love this first part is a lot of times our kids are saying pretty ugly things about themselves. You know, it's like this sort of, I I hate myself or I can't believe I did this. I'm so stupid. I mean, it's, this happens all the time. And as parents, we want to flip it. It's like, we don't want our kids to be feeling those yucky feelings. And so we're like, oh no, you're so smart. Oh no, you're so that, you know, it's like, and we try to flip it. But if we use ACE and really see what they're feeling and feel what they're feeling, wow, this is a person who's really feeling down on themselves right now. Mm-hmm. They're not likely to just flip because they're feeling down on themselves. They want somebody to help them to de-escalate the emotional intensity, which is what the ACAC does and the waiting. So well, and, that. So I just want to address what you're saying because I love what you just said. And here's the thing. Like we want to say to them, oh, don't feel that way. You're not stupid. You're not, you know, you're not lazy. You're not an idiot, whatever. And that's, of course, not going to be very constructive, but we can say, well, I can see how you're feeling that way, or I can tell that you do feel that way. And we still have a space to be able to say, you know, I don't see it that way. And I'm hoping you won't see it that way eventually, but I can see that right now, that's how you're feeling. 
you can validate their feeling of something without validating that what they're feeling is correct. Well, and this is a great caveat for this tool, Elaine, because a lot of times people say, I can't have compassion. I'm going back to the holiday season coming back. Sorry. I can't have compassion for this person because I completely disagree. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm agreeing to what they're saying. Compassion is not saying, I agree with what you say. Compassion is saying, I can see how you would see it that way. And there's a real important distinction there. And maybe I have some experience of my own that allows me to see it, what you're seeing, even if I don't agree. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. I'm not sure we got to the E. So no, AC is acknowledgement and compassion, right? Pause, stay there as long as you need to. And then the E. Explore. E, e is for explore. It's a sort of, it's an inquiry. It's a question. So what have you thought? You know, is there something I can do to help? What do you think you might want to do? I have some ideas. Do you want to have some help? What is this important to tackle now or should we wait? You know, there's an inquiry and an exploration that you invite them to that goes back to those other communication tools that we were talking about. Yeah. I often describe the E as explore your options, whatever that is, right? Sometimes there may be explanation required. Like there are a lot of other things that that E could stand for. But basically, that's when you move into problem solving. And as parents, y'all, we have a tendency as people to move into problem solving way too quickly. Yeah. This tool is designed to slow us down, really let people meet people where they are before we move into problem solving. Well, and and especially with that explanation thing, right? It's just sort of we want to make sure that our kids brains are engaged and available for our perspective before we just jump in on it. You know, it's like so many times it's like we sit there and we explain why something's important and our kids aren't ready to even hear it yet. And so that's right. why the acknowledge and compassion and wait becomes important to the process. Well, and so the E there could be uh, exploring the options could be asking permission to explore the options, going yeah. back into those other tools. All of these tools really work with each other, Right. Um, okay, the last tool we wanted to touch on today is designing conversations. And um, this comes from a classic coaching framework. There's three pieces to this tool. I call it the gift, the ask, and the check-in. It could be maybe the offer and the request and the check-in. So you start with a gift or an offer. Um, it might be an acknowledgement. I can see that you're in the middle of something. You can count on me. To, it can be a gift. You can count on me to let you know when it's Monday night and time to take out the trash. The ask might be a, a request to that. Let's use that last example. And when I do let you know that it's time, I'm, I'm asking if you would stop what you're doing and go ahead and do it then so we don't get into a nagging thing. And then the check-in is, how does that sound with you? Or is that okay with you? Or does that are you open to that? Does that feel good? Whatever. So there's an acknowledgement, a request, and then a check-in to kind of put the control back in in their plate. Go ahead. What I think about is that so many times when we make requests, it's just like a one-way street. This is a way to make a request energetically reciprocal and inclusive, and, yeah. and to turn it into an agreement, right? It's this sort of, so many times we'll be like, okay, you got to do this, this, and this instead of, hey, this is what needs to happen. How do we make this happen? And so this is this is the role I can play or, or what role do you need me to play? This is what I need from you. But so it's, this is what I need from you with 
a role for yourself in the process. But here's the catch. And I, and I practice this whenever I start working with private clients, I start with a design and I have them design with me. And if it's a couple, I have them design with each other to practice this tool because it really does take some practice. What's interesting to me is how, how common it is for people to start with the ask. So what's important about this tool is you start by making an offer. You can count on me too. I have one couple I worked with to their 15-year-old son. You can count on us to take a step back this year and let you take the lead on your schoolwork. And we want to ask you to check in with us. Could we maybe do a Sunday check-in or something so that we can be up to date so that we're not out of, out in left field, but we're still giving you the the freedom to to take the lead here. How does that sound to you? And it was a really great tool for this kid because it made him have a sense of ownership, but the parents were still able to ask for some engagement and some investment. Well, and, and going back to the example you gave earlier, I can see you're in the middle of something and it's important that we talk about this. Can I come back in a half an hour and we'll talk about it then? Right, that, right. It's or that when simple. is a good time for you yeah. or when you get to a stopping point, right? How will you know you're at a stopping point? Maybe another conversation, but... Um, but the idea is is to really all of these are about engaging them in conversations so that we're sharing the agenda. It, we're not enforcing our agenda on our kids, but we're bringing them into a collaborative series of conversations with us to share the agenda for whatever it is that needs to be done. Yeah. And if you're noticing, just like as you were saying that, Elaine, I was thinking about the fact that we always got to have to go back and remind ourselves that. If it's not working the way that we think it should, that we should get curious and go, Mm -hmm. "Hmm, maybe I'm bumping up against an executive function challenge here. Maybe even though this kid said, yeah, that's okay, I'll I'll make that agreement with you, that they don't have the executive function to follow through on the agreement. And so not just assume that they didn't want to or they were just giving us lip service, but that there really is a commitment and reciprocation that's in the conversation. Yeah, I love that. You know, I was talking to a friend this weekend. I was at a wedding and he's got young, 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 young kids. And we were talking about parenting and what an adventure it, was, it is and all of that. And and what I heard myself say to him was, if you trust yourself and stay connected to your kids, the rest of it will all work out. You can't guarantee what the outcome is going to be when you raise any kid, right? But if you yeah. trust your ability to stay connected to your kids and stay in relationship with them and don't let that fear and panic of parenting take over. The rest of it will work out. And and these communication tools bring us back into a place of trust and connection with our kids. Well, and I think that that's the piece of it is that if you're in a place where your your trust and relationship is not where you wish it was, if it's challenged, which so many of us, so many of us are, that becomes the place to begin to work. And so often we focus on, I got to get the stuff done, or I got to make sure I'm taking care of the things. And the invitation back always is to go back and how do I reconnect with this person? How do I strengthen the relationship so that we can problem solve together? Because ultimately that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to collaborate with our kids to solve the problems that are at hand and set our kids up to become the problem solvers that they'll need to be when they're grownups. Yeah. All right, everybody. Nice talk, Di. Love that. That was a great conversation. Um, and as I say, that's, that's you know, four-week class encapsulated. We got four tools. There's a lot more communication tools. But at this moment, 
what are you taking away? What's your insight? What's your aha? What What do you want to take from this conversation and practice or put into practice in the, in the coming week? Thanks for everything you're doing for yourself and your kids. At the end of the day, you make the difference. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.